On this episode of Narcissist Apocalypse, we talk with two abuse survivors, Elizabeth and Rebecca, about psychological abuse, despair, support, healing, and their friendship. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse, everyone. I am Brandon Chadwick, and with me today, we have the return of Elizabeth. How are you? I am good. We also have here your friend and my friend, someone named Rebecca. How are you? I'm great, Brandon and Elizabeth. So for those people who are listening, uh, Elizabeth was a guest on our show in 2019. I reposted that episode recently. I think I did it uh, at the end of December. I posted that episode. If I'm wrong about that, I apologize. So if you want to know more about uh, Elizabeth's stories, Elizabeth is going to give you a brief update or a brief summary of the story as well. But for those of you who have no idea who Rebecca is, in the aftermath, after uh, Elizabeth's story was told and aired, uh, Rebecca got a hold of me and wanted to meet or talk to Elizabeth, and these two became friends. So eventually you're going to hear the story of their friendship and how having someone uh, support you who's gone through this before is very important and helpful. Uh, But before we get to that aspect of this story, this return story, this update, Elizabeth, give everyone a brief summary who who, who has not listened to that old episode slash kind of newer episode that may not listen to that episode, just so you can give them a bit of a primer of what happened to you. So, um, unfortunately, I was introduced to the world of narcissistic abuse. I became a, a lifetime member of a club I had no interest in being part of. Um, I was dating a man who was wonderful. He was handsome and funny and engaging and everything about him was not perfect but it was everything i wanted and a few things popped up here and there and i just didn't pay attention but ultimately um i was ghosted after owing me thirty thousand dollars just completely destroying my life my self-esteem my everything he destroyed everything the dream of having a a, a life together the lies the manipulation it was unlike anything i had ever experienced um when i spoke to you we had already the relationship had already been ended it was ended but when i spoke to you i was literally hanging on by my fingernails um, I think what's interesting about that oh, that that podcast is I had it. I had a copy of it, and I would listen to your podcast once in a while. And I fall asleep one night, and I listening to it, 
your podcast and I woke up listening to this podcast of this horrible situation. And I realized that that woman was me. It was me. And I can't believe that the pain of, and, and I'm upset because I'm upset for that person. I was so heartbroken and the destruction of this person is just unimaginable. And, and I'm upset because it reminds me of this person that there are so many people like that person, me, that can't make it out, that can't find peace, and they can't find the will to live. And that's what breaks my heart, because I made it, I got through it, I will share how I got through it, but when I was listening, I was heartbroken for this person. And it's it's hard to even say it out loud. Um, but the importance of speaking to you after what had happened and following up is I wouldn't do anything differently. I, I clawed my way through to get over it. Remember, I told you I had no one to talk to. I didn't tell my mom. I would have devastated my family. So I had to find out about what this narcissism was, what this person was. And I became all consumed in why are they like this? Why do they behave this way? It, it, it is an unimaginable pain. It is, it is unimaginable. And time went on. I moved for work. I came back. And I just took every day at a time to get through it. There are days that I would slide back and feel pain, but I kept moving forward. And I moved forward and I moved forward and I moved forward. And for anyone listening, you survive, but I barely survived. So listening to that podcast is a person who was broken. And I survived and I got through it by clawing and speaking and when i got a call from rebecca i was more than happy to speak with her because i knew what it was like to be alone so as i stated when i put out your old episode uh, last month was that my biggest concern when putting out your original episode was i don't know if people are going to be triggered by by you. Mm -hmm. and, and I said that to myself because of your visceral in a lot of ways, like mm -hmm. hitting mm -hmm. people. And I was like, mm -hmm. do I want people to hear this? And what's my responsibility while doing the show and not knowing how to do things? You know, sometimes people would send me emails saying, especially early on, like, please don't quiet down these parts. We can handle this. Because sometimes, <laughs> sometimes early on, not in your episode, but in other people's episodes, I yeah. would quiet down some stuff. If it was strong language or if it was 
like describing the physical abuse and people started to ask me to not do that at all and say, and they just said, just let us do that. So with you, when I put that out there, you hit such a chord with people and became, you know, the most requested person that people wanted to get a hold of. And the first person that I put you in touch with, and the only person I put you in touch with was Rebecca. Rebecca. And, you know, at that time, I didn't know, it's hard to say, like, do people want to get, do, do people who are, on, or who are on the show, will they get back into touch with people? Do I want to be responsible if these relationships go, go sour? And well, well, let me just, let me just say this, and you're right, but what happens is when you put it out there, I wanted to help someone. If I could, if my ping in my journey in my life was part of this, then it was my pain in my journey to share it and help someone else. You have to be ready. And I think when you experience a traumatic, life-changing event, especially this, it's not get over it, oh my God, move on. It was none of that. And so her reaching out to me, I could hear the pain and I could hear her desperation. And even though she had children and a marriage, the heartbreak and the emotional manipulation and the, all of that was, was very real. It's something that's very common. It's, it changes with just your environment. But the pain is is just unbearable. It's unbearable. So eventually, I get this email from Rebecca. And I'm reading this email, and Rebecca is making sense of what she's going through. She wants to get a hold of you. I kind of put you two in touch but Rebecca is also emailing me and I'm getting sporadic emails from you for a little bit. Um, and then I like, I think it was like a year of silence. And then I got another email from you <laughs> um, giving me an update on what was going on uh, in your life. And you were going through a lot of discovery. You're yes. starting to really understand and unravel what had actually gone on in your relationship. And I was reading exactly. these things as if like you discovered it that second and you emailed me right away. And I don't, you know, I've done this show now for four years. I, it's a lot of things meld into each other. My memory isn't always the best of, you know, I have so much <laughs> in my brain now, but it was hard not to remember who you were. Um, there was just something about you and the way you were texting or, or emailing me that when your name popped up in my email and I got a lot of emails, I knew your, your name. I, you know, it was there. I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, I get a stranger, 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 stranger. You were not a stranger to me and you were part of my life. And then, you know, Elizabeth, was part of my life already. And I knew that at that point that Elizabeth was going to be a part of my life. Um, you know, everyone had connected with her. And um, when you got a hold of me and I put you two together, I knew that now all three of us have this, we're part of each other's lives now. 
and I'm I know I'm going to be getting updates about how you two are doing with each other. <laughs> well, I'll I'll continue my story because then it's real for for anybody listening. It, it you survive, and and the key to all of this is when I look back and I thought, you know, how do I? What is the message? The message is that your listeners were a, had a preview into my life and what was happening and it touched people because it was real it's like talking to somebody who's dying in a car crash and they're waiting for someone to come get them i just was i was so broken and all i wanted was someone to just say it's okay this is why i went to a therapist he didn't help me I wanted someone to say, this is why you feel this way. This is what they did. I had to figure it out on my own. I had to figure out how do I make sense? How do I get through it? And I think there were very key things. So when I look back, there isn't one thing I would have done differently. I, I only by the grace of God, I don't know why or how I got through it. I just did. and. To fast forward, I, uh, Rebecca and I had a, a, she would call me when she needed to talk. I was always here. We have been friends ever since the day you connected us. So tell me about, I guess, your, your first call or your first messages with each other and how your support for each other began and how you each started to, you know, you were there to help Rebecca, but also what happened in the process, Rebecca became a source of help for you when you needed it as well. And, you know, I remember I got this email from uh, Rebecca that said, we got in touch with each other and, and we are the sisters from across the river. <laughs> That's right. What I want to say first is, Elizabeth, you are a rock star. And I knew that when I heard you heard your podcast for the first time. And I thought, I, and Brandon, try as you may, I would not take no for an answer. I was like, I need to get in touch with her. <laughs> I, I don't care how we do it. You know, like, is there a barter system or something? I'll do whatever it takes. I need to get a hold of her because, and I say it again, as she's telling her story today with so much emotion, she is a rock star. She did this alone. I knew, I knew I was strong, but I didn't know how strong, mm. but I knew without question, I couldn't get through this alone and I needed to find, so step one. I needed to find my people. I needed to find someone who understood, not in a book, not in, a, in an office with a therapist who's read about narcissism in a book, someone who's experienced what I've experienced, someone who knows, someone who gets it. From the first call, the first conversation, the first five minutes, I knew she got me. And I was hooked. Yeah. That was it. We were done. We were done. It was like, 
you know, are we related? I don't know. Have we kindred spirits? You know, were we sisters in another life? I don't know. I knew, and I'm so grateful to you, Brandon, for extending that courtesy to me because I don't know if I could have gotten through it without her because I needed to reach out to people who have made it through to the other side. And I didn't know, I didn't know anyone. It was by chance that I came across your podcast or was it divine intervention? I don't know. But all these things kind of lined up perfectly. And I knew I needed to surround myself with people or a person who not only has been through it and understands it, but lives through it and is um, a rock star who can then turn around and tell her story to help others. That's the person I needed. That's the person Elizabeth is and was to me and continues to be. And Elizabeth, to you, I'm also very grateful because I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for you. And I am eternally grateful as well. And I'll, I'll, I'll fast forward to what had happened. So I was living in New York City and I had this amazing high powered job and I was there for 10 weeks and we got completely shut down. Um, COVID hit. I was in my apartment. I, it, everything was quarantined, shut down nothing going on and I'm going through this in my apartment alone with my dog. (laughs) So now I start to get into my own head with everything. And that's when I started to think about my life. I think about what happened. I started to think about my abuser and I realized that there was no reason why I didn't get COVID due to my job and the amount of people I was exposed to. And I thought, I need to change my life. What was difficult in my relationship and reliving that was it wasn't the relationship, it was the time I had wasted. And even though it's brought me to where I am, I wasted it and I realized that your life can be over very quickly. And I don't have kids. And I wanted to do something that mattered in the world. All of a sudden, I realized, now I'm going to get upset again. So Rebecca and I were on the phone. And she said to me, what are you passionate about? She paused. And as soon as she paused, I thought, oh, we're in trouble here. Yeah. And a light went off. And then I realized I need to do something. And animals was part of that. So, you know, stepping forward, I left the city, moved back to Connecticut, started a business, built my business, had, had an app developed, launched it in the, in, started, in, in the UK. And I survived. Started a new life. I started a new life. And it didn't, it, 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 it's hard to date. Do I date? No. It's by choice. There's always those re- residual ripples. If you see something, I'm like, oh, that's a red flag. Bye. You know, you just become very aware of other people and, and you see through things very clearly. It's almost like, um, it's like a revelation. 
just something happens to you. And the sadness of wasting that time and that poor person that was so devastated made it. And the best thing is Rebecca came up to New York and we met. And can I tell you, when I saw her and we hugged, it was like my friend I went to college with I hadn't seen in years. It's not that we were in the lobby of my building. I probably would have started freaking out and crying, but it was amazing. (laughs) And I told her it was like my old friend from years ago. I felt the same way. You know that. And we just, we laughed, we went to lunch, and it just, she didn't have her charger. I'm like, here, take mine. It just was a bond. It was like being, you know, stuck together in a snowstorm in the Alps, and we survived. Like, we went through something very traumatic. We went through a a crisis, and I helped her, and she helped me. So... Do things happen for a reason? I don't know. But people who come across people like the ones that we were involved in, you have to tell your story and help other people. You have to, because the survival, you have to come to terms with so many things on your own. Right? You don't get, the. it's not like, they, I mean, mine literally disappeared. So what helped me in my journey was that everything was great and he just got hit by a car and died. That was the only way I could wrap my head around it because there were no answers. And I've met people throughout the years. And it's very interesting how many people have been involved with the narcissist at all levels. Uh, The abuse, the manipulation, the gaslighting. You, You talk to them and you feel like you're going insane. And that never changes. And if I saw him walking down the street today, it would still make me sick. That I don't think I had to accept the fact that that would never go away, ever. And here I am, and I made it. And I'm grateful every day that I made it. I lost a lot of time, a lot of memories and time and fun. And I just, as I said before, I wouldn't change it. How I got here is how I got here. And Rebecca, when it comes to you in your healing process, um, how did you lean on uh, Elizabeth? And uh, I guess what were the biggest things that she did teach you? Um, Elizabeth gave me hope when I was hopeless. Mm-hmm. Wow. Elizabeth put me back together when I was broken. Because she got it. She understood. Nobody understands unless they've been through it. So to talk to somebody who's been through it, who gets it, who understands, yes, it makes you feel like you're not crazy. After you have been made to feel crazy for years, every thought, every day, every minute, every decision. Anytime anything goes wrong, it's all your fault. And then to realize, wait a minute, I wasn't crazy, really? This whole time? I have a brain. I am intelligent. 
I am thoughtful. I am caring. I am considerate. And like Elizabeth said, I just, and I, I'm, I have the ability to love. I just love the wrong person. And it's difficult to recover from that. It's like the reality of, so my situation was it ended because of the ultimate betrayal. And then I was discarded after a 24 year marriage. And I so related to the words she used when you don't feel like you can put it into words, how you're feeling. And Elizabeth said, it's like the walking dead. I was like, oh my God, that was me. That was me. I would go to the grocery store because I knew I needed to go to the grocery store. There was no food in the house. I remember standing in the grocery store and looking at a can of peas for 20 minutes and yeah. not being able to decide, do I get this brand? Do I get that brand? Do I get this kind? Do I get the frozen kind? And I remember leaving the, gro- leaving the grocery cart in the aisle and walking out to my car and just sitting there because I didn't know what to get. I didn't know what to put in my cart. I remember there were days, and this is how I knew I was in trouble. There were days that I would wake up and I couldn't prioritize my day. I would, you know, normally you wake up and you think, okay, you get up, you go to the bathroom, you take the dogs for a walk, you grab a cup of coffee, take a shower, you blow dry your hair, you get dressed, you get in the car, you drive to work. Mm-hmm. I would wake up and I would sit on the bed and I would say, okay, what needs to be done first? Do I walk the dogs or do I put my pants on to walk the dog, but I couldn't figure out what needs to be done first. Do I get in the car and go to work without taking a shower? Oh, no, no. I'm supposed to take a shower first before I get in the car. And I remember contemplating for like an hour and a half what I was supposed to do next. I know I was supposed to do things. Have I been sitting here trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do next? Or have I already done those things? And I came back to sit on my bed to take a break. Have I done those things yet? I don't know. And I may have. And I probably went through a year, Brandon, of the walking dead. I walked through my life after everything went down, not really living. I remember driving. I remember going to work. I remember getting things done but I don't remember any conversations I had with anybody. And I did. It was like I was just blacked out through life. I felt like my world was upside down, inside out. So Elizabeth gave me hope because she made it to the other side, you see. And I knew with her help, if she could do it, so could I. And it wasn't going to be easy, and it wasn't. I didn't speak to Elizabeth every day. But when I called her because I needed her, she was there and she picked me up and it was one day at a time. That's it. Want you take one, just survive one day at a time. And, you know, I wasn't planning on talking about this, but it wasn't, it wasn't the first time, the second time, but the third time I got to my lowest point and I had to call a suicide hotline crisis. I was on the phone with the girl for about three hours. And the first hour and a half, I was hyperventilating because I was so frightened I had gotten to that point, but was ready to take my own life because it was too much. 
It was too much to bear. Everything I was uncovering was more traumatic than the next. And then the reality that I had to deal with all of that and still live my life was too much. Like I couldn't, I couldn't connect the dots. I couldn't put the two things together. The heartbreak, the reality that I had been lied to for 24 years, every decision, every thought, every action, you know, was all a lie. I was accused of things. I would never do in a million years. And the people that he told the story to believed him. And that's tough to swallow. Seriously, you really think you told me just as long as he has, you think I could actually be capable of doing something like that? Well, that's what he said, you know, and he was very convincing. Really? You didn't even think to call me on the phone to say, hey, I heard this about you. Is that true? and get the story straight, or at least get my side, nothing. Elizabeth hmm. was hope for me because, because she got out. I had no idea how long and disgusting the road was going to be. I had no idea. I had called my therapist because I thought I had brain damage from all of this because certain events happened, and I couldn't put the pieces together. And I, then she said to me, this is, the re- this is how your brain reacts. You've been on heightened alert for so long. Now that your brain is coming down to a normal level, you know, it's having trouble putting the pieces together because it's, it's the high and the low and you're in trauma and you're upset and you're trying to live every day and keep on a brave face. And, she, and I said, okay, well, it's been a year and a half since he left. Shouldn't I be through this by now? Shouldn't I be over it? And she said, sweetheart, You're about halfway there. The signs that you're showing me and what you're telling me, I was like, halfway there? Are you kidding me? (laughs) She said, but but you've been dealing with this for 24 years. You're not going to recover overnight. And And then when she said that, I thought to myself, oh, my God, I'm in recovery. That makes so much sense. That's right. And it takes years to recover. So don't think this is going to happen overnight. Stop listening to the people who say to you, oh, it's no big deal. Just get over it. I, so many from my, my brother, sister's friend, niece, uncle, you know, neighbor got a divorce. And this one got a divorce. And that one got a divorce. And this one's been married three times. Oh, honey, yeah. you'll be fine. You'll get over it. It doesn't help. In fact, it does more damage because then it, you again think, well, what's wrong with me that I can't just get over this? Because it wasn't a normal marriage. It wasn't a normal breakup. And it wasn't a normal divorce. It's not going to be a normal recovery. Nothing about that is normal. So you can't handle your recovery in a normal way. You have to seek help in any form. I didn't just have one therapist. I had several. Because if I went in to see a therapist and she didn't get it or he didn't get it, I moved on. I don't have time. I have children. I needed to be strong for them. So if you don't understand what I'm saying, I'm moving on. Elizabeth got it. I should should have been writing her my therapist checks. (laughs) She got it and got me through with it because she gave me hope because I have a lot of respect for her because she went through it. She got through it. She recovered it and she's, and she holds her head high and she's living her best life. And that's what I wanted. When I said to her, what are you passionate about? What do you want? Where do you see yourself? I asked myself that same question. And all I could say was, 
I need to get to where Elizabeth is. I need to get to the point where I can turn around and say, you know what, that happened, but maybe I can use it to help others, or maybe I can move past it to live my best life, but I have to get through it first, right? And every day you feel like you're discovering something new. Like, oh my God, that's right, I remember this happened. And I think your brain protects you in such a way that it only wants you to remember the good things. So I'm very forgiving in that way. But there were so many things now that I understood that then I didn't understand why that was happening, why he said that, why we did things this way and not that way. It didn't make sense to me. Now I get it. So then you, you know, the trauma after the trauma is to then go through your life backwards and put all the pieces together and see that it all makes sense because he had his own personal agenda. And that's why he did what he did. That realization is hard to swallow. Am I right? Yeah, it is. You were used. You were bamboozled. You were told. So much shame in that. There's a lot of shame. And I think for your listeners, anyone out there who is in the process, who just started, who thinks they're with a narcissist, who wants to get out, who's afraid to get out, you never be afraid. Don't be afraid to leave because you, there is life. Your life is better without them than with them. They are not the answer. We are involved with a person that is good at what they do. Don't stay because you're hoping they're going to turn back into the Prince Charming they were in no, the beginning. They're it'll not. never happen. They're moving on. Yeah. Mine moved on, just forgot to tell us. He started a new life and forgot to tell his family. So, Rebecca, did you think you were going to come on the show today and discuss all of this? We, we backdoored you. I love it. I know. <laughs> um. No, I wasn't expecting to say all of this, but I'm glad I did. And I want people to hear it. There is hope out there. You're not alone. You have to reach out. You have to find your people that listen to you, that hear you, that understand you. You can make it to the other side and you will. But remember, don't jump ahead. It's one day at a time. You survive one day at a time. That's it. That's your goal. And everyone says the same, they say the same thing, time heals, time heals, time heals. Time just can't go by fast enough. You just want to go to sleep and wake up like Rip Ram Winkle and it's 20 years later. But I can, but I can offer this advice. There are things I did. Oh, did you want to say something? Oh yeah. I was just going to say this before you give the advice. Let me do my regular shtick here, Elizabeth. Oh, okay. Are you ready? Before we end up, before we end off the show today, uh, both of you, Elizabeth, you go first, and then we'll have Rebecca. What's your words of wisdom or advice for everyone listening? Okay, <laughs> remember one thing: they will never change. Their behavior is as it is before they met you. And long after you're gone, it will never change. There are important things to not do. You do not follow them on social media. 
you tell your friends you don't want to hear about what he's doing, you have to cleanse them as tempting as it is. You have to be careful with drinking because you end up a few cocktails later, you drunk text, you drunk dial. And if you talk to them, it'll set you back weeks or months. Um, if you can find someone who is a survivor of this abuse, if you feel suicidal, call a hotline. My advice is you have to love yourself. Understand what you were dealing with, but now you have to look at yourself and, and analyze why are you there? Why do you want to be there? They never change. And life is better without them. And hopefully your listeners who are at various stages will turn around one day and tell their story and help someone. And Rebecca? So my words of wisdom are similar. Um, no contact is a big one. Um, remember, you are not alone. I know you feel like you are. You're not. So reach out to someone or several people who can help you. I did. And I'm so grateful for it. As I've said before with my relationship with Elizabeth, I don't think I could have gotten through it without her. If you feel like you can't um, take a breath, call a crisis hotline. They're there to help you. She turned me around, and I've never looked back. And I'm so grateful for her. There is hope. You deserve a beautiful, wonderful life. You deserve it because you have air in your lungs. You deserve to be living your best life. And if you're not, find a way because that's what you deserve. Parasympathetic nervous system. Look it up. Research it. It's a way to heal. Go outside. Go for a walk. Not with your phone. Listen to the birds. Look at the flowers. Do it. It will help you heal. And one of the biggest things, which was difficult for me to hear when I was given this advice, but I get it now in my recovery stage, you have to get to a point where you can laugh at them. Say laughter is the best medicine. Use it. The things that they say, now you can see it. Tricks that they try to pull, the baiting you, the manipulation, the gaslighting, the coercive control, you can laugh. You're on to their game. The jig is up. You got them. And you are loved. So I can't tell you how happy I am that you were both here with me today. <laughs> this has been a long time I coming. Feel like a big weight has, I know. I feel like a big weight has just been lifted off of me for real. Sure. And I called yeah. Elizabeth this afternoon and she said, are you nervous? I said a little, but I'm so excited. Yeah. Well, you helped a lot of people today. Like you, I both so. of you have. the intention. Both of you have. And just the way you are able to express yourself and what you went through and the pain of what you went through, the heartbreak and all of the feelings that are involved. I always tell people that a story is a story is a story, but... As I said in the last episode I did when I redid the Elizabeth episode, 
Elizabeth changed things. Both of you changed things about this show when I realized that your feelings are so important to discuss because people's stories can be different and everyone will have slightly something different or a lot can be different. But the one thing that is always the same is the feelings that you have that are attached to your story. So your feelings are identical to someone else's feelings and someone can attach that and feel it and you're giving them a language and you're giving them a way to explain things to themselves and explain things to others to help them maneuver themselves out of the situations that they're in and to help them just move and start having things inside the move to get out of the relationship and to heal. And today you both did that again. And I can't thank you uh, enough for, for doing it. And at the same time, you know, I have been on the phone with Elizabeth in, in December, but I haven't, you know, I don't even remember speaking to you the last time. Um, and, and, to, and to hear your voice today and knowing that I've known you now for years um, and to have a conversation yeah. and know that you are doing well and that you, you. are, you sound really strong and that you both have each other and that you have a support system. And it just makes me really happy that um, you are where you are at and that you both have each other and that both of you today are going to do this for someone else out there. And I think, you know, sometimes I need a reminder. I know the show does certain things and, and it's special, um, but Sometimes you you need a reminder of when your story and how your stories impacted each other, and that other people can now listen how they can do it themselves. And I don't know, it's just really special to talk to both of you today. And um, you know, we're all friends now. And one day we, one day all three of us will meet. I have no idea when that will happen, but one day we will all go to lunch with each other. We will all go. Oh, do you know what? Actually, that's a lie. I just lied there. I know I'm going to be meeting you. You're coming to Toronto. I'm going to see you. In April. In April. Yes. Yes. I will see you in April. And I'm looking forward to it. You can you can come and meet me in my smile in all my glory. You know, when, when, Re- when Rebecca and I went to lunch, a guy tried to pick me up in the restaurant. <laughs> with the keys that guy with the car keys that's a story yeah. for another day <laughs> it was just brandon funny. and becca i'm very grateful to you both thank you thank you my love thank you so uh once again thank you both for being here and if you want to be a guest on our show like Elizabeth and Rebecca were today, please do go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com. Top of the page, there's a button that says Guest Form. When you click on that button, it takes you to our Guest Form page. Please do read all of the instructions there and either send us an email at NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com or fill out our Guest Form and press the Submit button. And please do send it in the format that we asked for. Also, at our website, we have our very own support group. 
So if you need support, please do click on that button that says support group. There we have our own safe social network where we have Zoom meetings every Wednesday night, Thursday afternoons, and Saturday nights. We have forum boards on there for you to post and for you to get the support and sometimes advice of your peers, of fellow survivors like yourself, and to support others as well. Also on there, we have ad-free episodes and episodes that never made it to air. So if you want support, please do join our support group today. And if you need even more support, please do visit our friends at domesticshelters.org. At domesticshelters.org, they have articles and resources that can help you make sense of what you're going through. They also have every phone number, every website address, and every email address of every shelter and agency, no matter how big or small. So please do visit domesticshelters.org today. And that is it for our episode. So for myself and Rebecca and Elizabeth, we hope you have a good night.